live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hey, 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 hey there. How's it going? That's the question. How's it going? I'm fine. Hey, I'm your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. My name is Jamie Rodriguez. And uh, hey, what's up? I am so stoked. It seems like life is getting back to the way things are supposed to be. Hugging, being in close proximity to human beings, enjoying music. Did that last night, actually, in a little place called The Basement in Nashville, which was completely closed because it was tight and shut down. And you're supposed to be sweating next to other music-loving people. And it wasn't weird. Nobody got sick. It was just awesome. So welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, and welcome to real life. And so thrilled with today's guest, guys. What an artist, and better yet, what an album that she's releasing here in a couple days on June 4th. We're talking about Annie Keating, Brooklyn-based. She's been compared to people like Bob Dylan, John Prine, Lucinda Williams, Bonnie Raitt, and a whole lot more. And her album, Bristol County Tides, coming up, her eighth, absolutely a gorgeous masterpiece it is inspired it's ambitious it feels like reading like a novel like a Gabriel Garcia Marquez novel uh, but it was inspired by real life for Annie uh, you know out of the pandemic it was um, you know it came out of the pandemic for her you know like everybody she had to kind of pack up her stuff and like live some new experiences and this is one of the albums that has best captured it in my opinion so i think you guys are gonna love it bristol county tides it just offers authentic soulful intimate bittersweet and expansive songs that will take you listeners on an emotional journey you guys are gonna love it check annie out dude on her website anniekeating.com and on her instagram too Annie.Kidding. You will not regret it, guys. If you are new to J-Rod Concerts, uh, we do humbly ask you to please take 20 seconds of your time and just give us a little review there on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you consume your music. Uh, That helps us a lot, as you've heard with the algorithms, so we appreciate that. And let's just get on with it. Annie Kidding here on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. How are you? Oh my God, look at you. What's that? I love it. So exciting to see you, Annie Keating. It's so exciting to see you. I've heard great things. I'm sorry if the light's a little weird. No, oh, it's so good. It's more about the audio, I figure, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to make matters more exciting, I was talking this morning to my Nashville photographer friend, Jeff Fasano, and I said, you know, I don't know if you know Annie Keating, I'm going to talk to her. And he just like, he just went on how great you are. So now I'm even more pumped. Yeah, that's Not- so funny. Yeah, he did that. He was with me in the early days when he was in New York. We, we had some great photo shoots in Dumbo. Unbelievable. Yeah, say, say hi to him for me. Absolutely. Very talented guy. Oh my God, Annie. But speaking of talent, like... Bristol County Tights. I just need to, I just need to say it out loud because what a masterpiece there, Annie, that you released on the world. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, it's set for release on June 4th. I had a chance to uh, to preview it, of course, and it's just stunning. I mean, from the first notes of Third Street to Goodbye, it's it's just a journey, Annie. And it, it actually, I know you hear these comparisons all the time, but it reminded me of the first time I heard like Lucinda Williams' car wheels on a gravel road. Oh, like, that's like, the greatest. That's the greatest compliment. Like like that, like spark in your brain or the first time you, I heard that Alison Krauss and Robert Plant album. Like I was thinking, when's the last time I felt like this? And those were the two times. <laughs> that, came to mind. that makes me feel so great. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, it really, um, you know, it's a it's a big album. There were 15 songs and um, it definitely was a pandemic journey. I, I'm glad you, I think you used that word that, you know, it, you can kind of feel from start to finish. Each song is sort of different, but it comes from you know, it comes from an authentic place and kind of the same place in a way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely, Annie. And, you know, before we get to some of the amazing songs, uh, let me just ask you about the band really quickly, because sure. I mean, the band is part of it. What a great band. I mean, Teddy Compold, you know, produce, producer and player for, 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 for most of the songs. And, um, you know, Joe Jackson, guitar player. You also have uh, Teddy, uh, you know, who played with uh, Ricky Lee Jones as well. Mm -hmm. So you have all these amazing, amazing bandmates, Annie. So I guess the question is, and Steve Williams, the drummer too, I guess the question is, knowing that these talented folks are so good and their repertoire and their resume, is there like a like an audition process? Or, or is it more like, I know what you guys can do, like we just, we can get on with it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, every record's different. So this is my eighth full length release, and but I've done 10 if you include the two EPs. Mm -hmm. And for this one, it was a slightly different process. Teddy Kumpel and I had worked together on my Water Tower View album um, years ago, and I loved his playing. He's just, he's got this touch that is, I've really never found in another guitar player uh, and creativity in terms of the parts he comes up with. And my normal group of players that I've played with for like the last five years, they weren't in town because of the pandemic. So right. Teddy was, and I thought, well, why haven't I been working with Teddy for years anyway? And I picked up the phone and I gave him a call and I said, I have like these, you know, at that point it was 12 or 13 songs, um, demos. And I, you know, I need help. I need a producer, uh, a great guitar player. He listened to everything and then he made much better sounding demos with really amazing guitar. Um, you know, uh, he took my arrangements and, and um, knocked them out of the park in the way that only he can do. And then he said to me, will you trust me? And I said, of course. He said, I know the band for this. I know exactly who should play nice. on this record. And you just have to trust me. I'm gonna uh, um, see if my my top picks are in town. Would be available to record in December. And sure enough, all, all three were. Um, so that's how we got um, the core band. And I, you know, blown away by their talent. Yeah. It was such a easy like butter recording experience. You know, we just got into this the recording studio, and they're such professionals and they're so soulful um, that really by the time we'd done the third take or the fourth take we had it you know no overdubs wow. it was it was like old school um live let's just get it right and we we got it by the third or fourth track they're Amazing. just that they're that good so they can kind of like tap into your vision more easily i mean completely completely and you know i think like Sometimes the sign of a really incredible player is like they could do incredibly complicated stuff, 
but sometimes it's just simple that's called for. Sometimes not, but they don't overplay. They play exactly what's needed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and really respect the song and what the song is trying to say, the feeling of it. Um, and they got that right away. I mean, really, yeah. I, was, I was so fortunate to work with these guys. Yeah, yeah, the chemistry is, is obvious, the musical chemistry there. And uh, l let me ask about a few of your songs, Annie. I mean, normally I like to talk first about the, the biography and like go back, but the, your album is so good, I can't wait. I just, I just gotta get to it. <laughs> I mean, Third Street. I mean, you know, it's obviously the first song, but it's, you know, high energy. It's a great opener. And I love the characters, right? Because, you know, you, you the chase the driver that goes out too fast, the, you know, out of state plates, you know, Dwayne over the edge, the dude as sweet as can be, you know, all these people in the town. I mean, guys, all true. the guys having fun drinking Miller at noon. I, I love, love that you, you, I love that you really listened. You really listened. Oh, it's, all, it's all true. It tells a true story. Really? Uh, tell me about it because I was gonna it reminds you of like Garcia Marquez or some of these books that are like whole universes right yeah well what happened was you know my mother has this wonderful like house this cottage in um in Massachusetts in Bristol County and I've been there over the years over the last 20 years I love it but um I'd never spent you know more than like two weeks there and when things got really bad um in March last year in Brooklyn um I said, you know, we got, we've got to get out of here. They're like body bags on the street and it's just, it's too much. So we, we were lucky to have that house and we, we, I relocated my family there for what we thought would be like maybe two weeks. I mean, everybody thought, you know, it was two weeks. Yeah. It, <laughs> it ended up being three seasons, uh, five months uh, on this dirt road. And so a couple of things happened. I mean, one, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have, I couldn't play live shows. I couldn't do my work. I had this one nylon string guitar that I threw in the car. And so there was a real sense of um, isolation at first, right? I mean, we all felt isolated during the pandemic, but I didn't know anybody there. And, um, and uh, like I said, I couldn't really do my work teaching anything. So there was this vast amount of time that opened up. And I think sometimes creativity emerges when all else falls away and you have this time. You know what I mean? Um, my kids and I were like painting at night and we just kind of like got back to basics in this, in this way. Um, and then another thing happened, which is I think in times of real hardship um, and um, isolation, you can connect very deeply with the people who are around you. Sure. So I ended up befriending um, several people on this road and it became this like uh, intense, fast community that we were like accepted into. At first we had the out of state plates and they were like kind of suspicious, like was this New York car pulling in <laughs> on the dirt road? Like, right. you know, uh, do they have coronavirus in the car? I mean, like, what, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember that time. Everything was on the table. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> but we slowly, you know, like I showed that I'm a kind person and, you know, um, kind of uh, got my got my way into the hearts of, of people on Third Street. And all those people became friends. So the guy, <laughs> um, Dwayne, he is, in fact, that dude who really nice guy, but he will, if you go more than five miles an hour and you're kicking up dust, like you're into different. his house, as you enter third street, oh, he'll come chasing you and he will flick you off and chase your car. That happened to my brother several times. And then there's Dean who I saw every morning. He's like, works on his boat, you know, no shirt on, just like big smile on his face. I don't know. He's probably like 70. I said 73 in the song. 
but um, just the nicest guy and always like chatting with me in the morning. And then there's a famous chef, uh, Chris, at the at the end of the block. Um, yeah. And he ended up cooking us meals and we had bonfires and and he ended up um, teaching me and my son about the tides and the river and the um, I I got a boat, a little aluminum hull zodiac, um, and learned my way up the river and out to sea. So it was like this journey of learning the tides and the river and the city girl becomes country girl. My dog learned to swim. My boy learned to fish. It was like a, you know, it was a whole epic. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. It almost, it almost sounds like, like you, uh, like you're a new Annie in in a good way from the pandemic. Like you made the best of it, like on a spiritual level almost. Yes. I mean, I will say this year has tested me in like all kinds of intense ways. Lots of things gone on in my life, but I think for sure I have emerged, you know, when we get tested, it's like, what do you do with that? Right. I mean, like, are you going to kind of let it defeat you or are you going to rise and kind of become grow? Right. Right. It's it's all about change. You can't stop change. And then it's just embracing growth. But I think, you know, for most of us in the pandemic, right. (laughs) You look at, most people gain 15 pounds or lost 15 pounds. They, you know, their marriages got tighter or they, you know, got really tested or they get divorced. Or they go like, divorced, yeah. You know, it's like a lot of extremes happen in, yeah. in, in these kind of times, right? But for me, it was a creative growth period extreme. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, yes. Great. Yes. I love it. Like, I, the other thing I say about like the songwriting process, you know, there's some songwriters like John Hyatt, who is like, I think I read this in an interview. He sits down every day and he writes for like five, six hours and he'll be yeah. like, oh, there's a song. Like the for discipline. Me, it, it's like an alchemy. It's like a magical process. I don't know. I don't have control of it like that. So I can go for a year, which I had done before I got to Massachusetts without writing a song. Yeah. And then I can have 15 songs come in, you know, in, um, five months and it's you know what I mean so I just kind of have to um respect that process and get out of the way a little bit you know yeah yeah I love that I and I love that you're so clear about it I mean here in Nashville you know they're so academic about it and there's a respect to that you know they can be six months changing a word or two but the alchemy of it is is a beautiful thing absolutely Annie well also I mean I respect discipline I do try to sit down every day but you know it's it's like I write from a very emotional place. That's mm. just how I do it. I can't do it any other way. So if that emotional place gets stirred up and I'm, I'm trying, I'm dealing with a lot, it's going to, it comes out in the songs. Um, everybody has their different way of telling story and, and sure. you know, with their creativity, but that's my way, I guess. I love it, Annie. Uh, so Blue Moon Tides that you kind of alluded to, you know, it's perfect. Another standout. Um, I mean, for a song like this, that is like the musicality of it. It's like so, so unique. It's so beautiful. The rhythm, the blues, it's like the backbone of it. Did that come before the lyrics? I mean, I know it's a cliche question, but no, I, I, I had to ask it because it's like both are so unique. You know. Um, thank you so much. I, I think it's a great question. Usually both are always kind of at some level coming the same time. Even if I don't have the exact lyric, I'm kind of wrapping like a, um, some syllables around the rhythm I'm building. So, you know, I would say on that one, mostly I was, I was fiddling around on the guitar and I had this kind of like um, cool thing that was happening. And then I was playing with words around it. Um, Cause the words, you know, I think some people don't realize like 
there's rhythm in the words and in the syllables and how the yeah. syllables land. And so for me, they can never be entirely separate, you know, because it's got to kind of wrap itself around that rhythm. Um, the melody has to, right. but um, I, I would say like the stuff that I was doing on the guitar grounded that tune. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the things I love about the album, Annie, and, but I'm an, I'm an old school guy, right? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a rich, full album. It's got 15 songs, I think, you know, and, and you find these jewels along the way, like Marigold, you know, that like on repeat listens, like the third, fourth time, they sound better and better. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. But does it kind of worry, not worry, worry is not the word, but like this new game of social media and like Spotify and streaming where it's like the quick hit, right? And the single, you know, new single Friday, and then people forget about it in five minutes. I feel like, you know, your album is a masterpiece. And it, it, like, how do you feel about, about that? Like that juxtaposition of like society's like short, you know, yeah. uh, attention span with like a good full album, like you just, like you're releasing. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think I know that I have uh, attention deficit disorder with Spotify, you know? I, I mean, I'm old school too, and I love listening to albums, but like now, what do I do? I go to an artist, I click on a song, 10 seconds, like, don't like, click on the next song. I don't, you know, so I do think it's a problem. Well, I think that platforms like Spotify are great because they allow us to access so much music and they allow independent yeah. artists like me to not necessarily have a record label behind them to, to be able to like get music out there to way more people. Um, because of these music platforms. Yeah. The downside is we don't get paid like, you know, 40,000 streams on Spotify and iTunes will buy me coffee and maybe a donut. <laughs> and that's not sustainable. And yes, I think you're right. Uh, I do worry about the um, sort of streaming, social media. So much is coming at us all the time at once that our attention is not there the way it used to be when you'd get an album and you'd go home and you'd listen to it and then you listen to it again and you read the liner notes. And I don't know what's, what to say about that. I mean, I hope that, you know, if the quality and the music is good enough, it cuts through the noise and yeah. people will be like, wait, maybe I'll slow down and I will listen to another track and they'll get kind of uh, inside that world of good music. I just have to hope that if the music's good enough, it'll cut through the noise. It, and it will. And, and I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that camp as well, 100%. Uh, you know, and, and also like in, in terms of what you were talking about, I can't, I can't play that game of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't release it as an album. You know, some people were saying 15 songs, it's too much, release it as two albums or, you know, do all this like, taking apart and release this song here. I'm like, no, it's of a piece. I can't like, this is a journey. And if I end up losing some, you know, um, attention or Spotify play or playlist potential, I don't really care. And you've always rather... been so authentic to yourself, Annie. That's just who you are. You know, it's why, yeah, it's why everybody loves you. BBC fans, everyone, you know, <laughs> that's just, you can't change who you are. Nope, that's true. That's true. I love it, Annie. Look, you're being so generous with your time, but I do want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, tell me a little bit about your songwriting, Annie, as far as like when you were like like a young girl. I, I find this fascinating because I can I can tell you've been writing for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, were you into books? Were you into songwriting as, as a young girl? Because th this is really amazing stuff what you do. 
Thank you so much. That's a, another great question. Yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like 12 years old. I remember I had a friend uh, named Emily and she lived in Belmont, Mass uh, Massachusetts. My second record was called Belmont. Mm -hmm. And it was about learning, you know, growing up and learning to play guitar. And um, the minute she taught me those first few chords, I was like, okay, yeah, this is what's sort of been missing, you know? Um, I, I get this and I wanna kind of run with it. So I was like writing songs when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, a big influence for me at that time, kind of str strangely enough, was Neil Young because mm. he was just really raw and vulnerable. I've always been, like I said, I write from an emotional place. So I've been right. um, drawn to writers like that. I mean, John Prine is like my current favorite. Um, and the last song he wrote, uh, I Remember Everything, uh, before he, his life was tragically lost to COVID. I, that's just, I can't stop listening to it because it has this sort of honesty and this um this uh raw vulnerability that really yeah. compelled me so i was writing songs they weren't great though because they, they were terrible because i was 12 and 13 and i kept doing that into college i went to brown university and they had a really cool cl uh, club that i used to play at mm -hmm. it was called the underground um and i wanted to keep doing music when i first moved to new york but i got involved in um nonprofit ngo political work Sure. And I thought, you know, I got to give back to the world and this is what I should be doing. And then fast forward, I was busy, busy, busy for years playing guitar, but not doing it as my profession. And then my daughter was born when I was 30. And I said, what am I doing with my life? All I've ever wanted to do is make records. Right. So that was the great moment where it was like, okay. You uh, saw the light. I can stay home with her, which I needed, you know, I needed and wanted to do. And then I can do music. And that gave me the courage. And so... Um, I didn't really start professionally very seriously till I was 30, but to be honest with you, I wrote in my twenties a bit, you know, I, I journaled, I had like so, sort of song sketches. It just wasn't good enough. You think you're ready when you're ready. And, uh -huh. um, that was, you know, that was the time when I was ready to kind of really dig into it. Yeah. Well, you know, you but I don't know if I answered the question about the process of, did I about writing or. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I was curious about how it started. So, you know, and I, and I had, I figured you had started so young because you're so good at it. But, you know, if it came in your 20s, it came in your 20s. So, that, well, I think starting young is, it, it is not insignificant because it's in your muscle memory, it's in your fiber. And I never right. really stopped. I just didn't do it professionally. It was more of like something I did for myself and for friends and family. Sure. Um, but that's still, you know, um, I think those songs were, were percolating and I was working on finger picking skills and, you know, rhythm strumming skills and trying to get my, you know, chops uh, yeah. a little bit in my twenties. Um, yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Annie. And um, let me ask you about this and, and I'll let you, um, let you start your weekend in the right well, foot. You ask me as much as you want. I love it. Thank you. Annie. you're such a great live performer. I mean, internationally, I mean, you've performed all the big festivals, the Rudy Netherlands, Glasgow Americana Festival. We can go down the list, you know, in Brooklyn, the Indie Music Fest. You just, you just rock that stage and, and that's, you're, you're meant for the stage. How, and I ask this now, like on the side of positivity, because I feel like we're closer to the, to the, to return to the stages. Um, what are some of the things that you miss the most about performing? Obviously, like, you know, the crowd and all that, but like, what are the little things that, you know, I'm not a performer. Like, what are the little things that you just close your eyes and you just miss and you're excited to get back out? Yeah. Oh, what a great question. Um, the energy, the connectivity. You know, there's nothing like 
How does that feel, Annie, that energy? I mean, it's like, it's the closest thing you get to having sex with somebody when you're not having sex with somebody, not to be oh, whatever. That. That's a great but quote. It just is. I mean, because there's no, you're communicating without a language. The language is sound. The language is vibration. The language is body language. Like my drummer, drummer will read my body to know when I lift my guitar up like this, then, you know, two beats later, I'm going to come down and it's going to be the end of the song. And, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do. It's all about, you know, feel, touch, energy. Um, and when you get it right and the audience is like on fire about what the band is doing and we're on fire with each other and that communication is flowing just the way, you know, it should flow. Right. There's really not much that's better because it's like you're sharing this this gift of like, oh, I, you know, we made this and, and I want to, sh- I want to share it and see if it, if it impacts you or makes you feel something. And then when the audience does feel something, it's like this big nice. party. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, for me, the goal of songwriting, it's not just to tell a story or to share a feeling it's to have an impact. Like I want to make you feel something like that makes my day. That yeah. You- told me that you listened to this record and that you oh it's amazing Annie. it made you feel oh and, and and buckle up because you know after june you're gonna hear it on a daily it's just spectacular oh thank you so much yeah so i you know i miss i really miss live shows um and i'm hoping i'm hoping that uh, you know i can do a european tour in the fall or spring but there's a lot of artists backlogged is the tricky thing you know what i mean people sure, been- sure. we'll get back to it though get back to it and it you know what came after the last pandemic right what the roaring 20s oh my yeah i mean you can already like kind of feel it I so mean, i'm hoping yeah sorry, dog birding, um i'm hoping that you know it's just gonna be uh yeah. 2022 is gonna be lots of music lots of live music and celebration that it's we, gonna be it's gonna be intense it. it's gonna be insane i love it any kidding you have said it all annie what a pleasure to have you on the show i mean i can't stress it enough bristol county tides Thank you, because we've been listening to it for four days, nonstop, and, and we just can't stop smiling. Do you have a favorite song? What's I'm that? Curious. Do you have a favorite song? Oof. So Tough many. One. Tough one. Tough one. Well, I will say the um, song Kindred Spirit is just out today as a single. Um, right. So that's kind of cool. As, as you mentioned, the full album is not going to be released till, till June 4th. You can yeah. pre-order it, though, on the um, website, on my yeah. website. Um, yeah. And what's your, uh, website? what's your website, Annie? www.anniekeating.com. Perfect. And the pre-order is for a hard copy signed CD, but you can also e- uh, email just the contact page directly and I can send digital download version if that's a, you know, what people like. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Maybe next time I'd love to do it again. Maybe I could play a few, few tunes. Cause would you love know. to, I mean, would be honored. I mean, that anytime you're welcome. Fun. It'd be an honor. Thank Annie. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, we'll get closer to release. Like Teddy could come over. We'll put, we'll play some of the tunes acoustically. It'd be super. We'd fun. be honored. It would be our honor, Annie. Thank you so much. Have a great yeah. weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye bye.